Hi, it's Sherry. I just wanted to drop in and do a little extra intro for my guest today. Bentley is joining me today for her solo episode. As you may know, she is one of my co-hosts for the monthly Topic Talk series that we do with Jenna. And how I met her is through Jenna. And I feel so fortunate to know both of these ladies. Bentley is sharing a little bit more about her personal story, about her total upheaval of her life and rebuilding it and all of the things that she has gone through to get to where she is today. I so appreciate her candidness, her honesty, and her unapologetic belief in just being exactly who she is. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did having it. Stories, we all have them. They're the compilation of your journey from where you started to how you ended up where you are today. Titanium Blonde is all about sharing women's stories. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, and everything in between all of that. I'm Sherry Eckert. This is Titanium Blonde Talks. And I'd like to know, what's your story? Hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode today. Joining me is my friend Bentley, who, if you've been listening to our Topic Talks, is one of my co-hosts for the Topic Talks segments that we do once a month. She is a yoga instructor, a grad student, and she has all the balls in the air. And not only that, the last two years, she's been going through some incredible transformations in her life and has been open and honest about that as we've been talking about that in our topic talks. And today I'm hoping we can dive in a little deeper, but she has been so mindful is the word that I'm thinking of in terms of how she's processed through all of this and being very honest with her fear and her just totally having her world rocked upside down and just now starting to come out the other side. And she, to me, is the epitome of what a badass looks like because you are strong and you're vulnerable at the same time. So Bentley, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. And that introduction made me blush. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm really excited. This has been, I was hoping to get this done sooner, but I I think it's really good to kind of stagger these solo interviews with the co-hosts for this so that people can kind of get to know what we're talking about, and then they can go in and listen to the episodes with that are just the solo without all of us talking over the top of each other. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so I'm just going to ask you to kind of give a little bit more background on sort of how you ended up where you are today. And you can sure. start wherever you're comfortable with and, and whatever you want to let everybody know about. Okay. Well, I am Bentley. Nice to meet everyone. Um, I'm 30 years old. I moved to Phoenix, Arizona in 2012. Um, I grew up on the East Coast. I feel like I'm on a dating service. Like, right, what are my... I like long walks on the beach, blah, blah, blah. No. Um, So I grew up uh, in Maryland, East Coast. Again, moved out here in 2012. I moved out here uh, with my now ex-husband and fell in love with Arizona very quickly. Um, very different style of, you know, just very different lifestyle than the East Coast, right? Different people, um, a lot more laid back. And I got a job um, working as a enrollment specialist registrar extraordinaire for a, um, a public charter school. It was a job that I was very, very good at, but hated, hated. Um, I was stuck uh, there for a couple years, about five years. And I continued to like quickly grow through the ranks at this job again, because I was doing everything. I was the perfect type A. I was the OCD. I was the compulsive, like get it done kind of person that was great for the job. So I kept getting promoted and et cetera, et cetera. I can kind of go into that whole story maybe a little later, but I realized how unhappy I was. And I had started to practice yoga. And that's a whole funny story. So I'll leave that tangent off to the side. And I started practicing and it was something I fell in love with for a variety of different reasons and became very prominent in my life where I realized like I was structuring my day around when I could go to yoga. And I was going gosh, five, six times a week. About in 2016, I had realized I was like, you know, 
I really hate this job. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but I was in a place in my marriage at the time where my husband was going to start working full time. He was just finishing school. And so I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. I want to be a yoga teacher. So I'm going to quit my full time job. I'm going to get a part time job and just dive headfirst into my yoga teacher training, um, which I did. And I loved, 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 loved. And then in 2017, I started teaching and it did not go, it did not start off well for a number of reasons. And I didn't really push myself into it. I sort of dabbled here and there, but I didn't, I don't know. I, I was liking it, but I wasn't, I was in a bad place in my personal life. I think that was keeping me from really committing myself to becoming the yoga teacher that I wanted to be. And around this time, I fell, I'm going to start, I'm going to give you like the overview and then I'm sure I will <laughs> we'll dive in, but it kind of gets me obviously to where I am now. Uh, fell in love with a woman and uh, about two years later, so 2018, I, I got divorced and she and I are currently in a relationship together. Um, and that changed obviously my entire world uh, yeah. between you know, that relationship starting and my marriage ending, you know, not having a full-time job at the time, I went to a very, very dark place because I was very confused and hurt and scared and, you know, all these, this sort of shitstorm of emotions just came barreling down on me. And for about a year, maybe a year and a half, I kind of went into hiding. Um, so yoga didn't really take off for me. I was you know, very lost, so on and so forth, just sort of trying to get through the day, get through the months, get through the year, whatever. And I would say within the past two months of my life, I've had some really big positive turnarounds. I'm in graduate school now, which is amazing. I got a part-time job with a company that I love. And my yoga teaching has completely transformed just in the past couple of months. So I'm in a much better place now, but um, a lot of really painful growth and transformation sort of happened in that 18 month, two year period. And if you had asked me 18 months ago how I felt, I would have been very, <laughs> you'd have gotten a very different answer. <laughs> but where I stand now, I can look back and I, I can look back on all of that with gratitude and realizing how it was that, it was that platform, it was that stepping stone to get me to where I am now. And I'm very grateful for all of that. Um, and I, I learned a lot <laughs> to get where I am now. Well, I mean, that was a total upheaval of your life, mm -hmm. of yeah. how you lived your life, what you thought love was, et cetera. So mm -hmm. I mean, that comes barreling down the highway at you. And I would be mm -hmm. one that would hold my hands up going, hold on a minute. I didn't really <laughs> sign up for this. This is too much, too much. Yeah. And that's and, kind of what it felt like. And the thing that has impressed me so much in our time spending time together and getting to know each other is that your honesty with all of that and your ability yeah. to be able to say it was scary, it was hard, this is what I did, and to be able to look at it and not beat yourself up, no you're not doing any of that self-persecution. It was about just trying to figure out your way to be able mm -hmm. to move forward. That's incredibly admirable. That That's really hard work to do. That's what impresses me so much with where you are today is that you made it through, I mean, two years time to do that turnaround like that and to come to where you, that's, that's pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. You, you put the afterburners on and, and moved <laughs> through that. I know, how much longer do you have left in grad school? I'll be done this December. So it was a two-year program. Yeah, I decided to start that right in the middle of that shitstorm. But I was like, at that point, I was like, I need something to focus on. And I had well, wanted, I had, yeah. yeah, I wanted to go back to school for the longest time. Um, I was actually on my way to go to law school. I had applied, I had gotten accepted, I got a scholarship to go. And then I looked at it and I was like, you know, I don't, really want, to I do either. I don't really want to be a lawyer. So we're going to hit the brakes <laughs> on that idea. But I always knew I wanted to go back to graduate school. I, I love, I love being a student. And I also think that's why I fell in love with yoga so much because there's so much to learn. And that is a, a journey that never ends, right? There's always something more to learn. And I love that environment. Well, and that is sort of the overriding theme mm -hmm. of every woman who's a yoga instructor that I have interviewed is that perpetual student. Yeah. We're all perpetual students. We, we love to learn. We love to learn new things about ourselves. And that mm -hmm. 
to me is when you're willing to do that, that makes you a better teacher. I think yeah. the best teachers are the ones that have to overcome yeah. so much to get to that point because mm -hmm. then they understand what it's like to start from ground zero. Exactly. And to be able to move forward from there. How did you guys end up in Arizona again? So my um, ex-husband actually got accepted to law school out oh, here. That's right. Okay. Um, I uh, had just gotten my first job right out of college. So I ended up staying back East for about a year because I got a job. <laughs> and then I was like, well, we're engaged. <laughs> I need to move. <laughs> so I was, I had been to Arizona like twice before with hit like that year. I had never been to Arizona before that. So I had no clue what I was getting myself into, but that's how we, <laughs> that's how we originally ended up out here. And I, just, and, and now you're yeah. taking pictures on the side of the road and the cops are showing up. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is not a good place to be doing that no. lady. <laughs> yeah. He was like, there's this, yeah, this chick in a sports bra and yoga pants in the middle of the desert. They're like, oh honey, this is a high, uh, dr uh dr um, high, what did I say was, um, uh, trafficking. Trafficking area. Trafficking area. You should probably leave. I was like, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> this is what happens when you try to take yoga pictures in public, people. Take a friend with you, just a little PSA. Or the, the cops are going to show up. You're welcome. That cracked me up so much when I read that caption on that picture. Yeah. I was just like, oh, Bentley, that was good. That was <laughs> so good. That was one of that was one of my finer moments. So, what's your undergrad in? I actually got my undergrad in criminology, hence wow. the law, the law school path. Right, right. Criminology and uh, minor in human development. So, okay. And you're doing your master's in communication and social technologies. All righty. Yeah. So, what okay. what do you what do you ultimately want to do with that? I want to kind of what I've already started. I want to bridge the gap, right? I want to continue to work in the yoga community, build a relationship with my social media, right? I don't really know personally where I want to go with social media, um, but I know that the value that social media brings in almost any context, any capacity now, whether it's an organization, a business, a non, you know, whatever it is, you have to have a social media presence. And the cool thing with the, what I see with it is it's constantly changing. Like it's constantly changing. And it's not just, we're, we're moving away so much from like the fake, this is my pretty, everything is, life yeah. is wonderful. Look how beautiful my life is. Like on a personal level, we're moving away from that and we're starting to develop like the real, the authentic. And I think that applies to companies too. Now it's, you know, it's, they're making actual real connections and relationships with their customers. So I just, this stuff like blows my mind. I love to, to work in either a social media field or as a communications director for a yoga company. Um, I do work part-time for Allo Yoga, which I love. And that's been a, a big, big stepping stone in kind of going down this path. So we'll see where it takes me. That's great. I went to um, podcast convention this last weekend. PodCon. PodCon too. <laughs> and and it was an interesting it. experience. I've I've never been to anything like yeah. that before. There's a lot of and I'm I'm a techie geek. I love mm -hmm. tech and um I taught myself how to do all of this with a little bit of input from some other people. So it was just so the 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 range of people that were there was incredible. Yeah. It was the most interesting people watching experience I've ever had. And I went to one roundtable discussion that had one. There was I think five people on the panel. Mm -hmm. One of them I had listened to her podcast called Analyze This. She and another girl named Hannah do a podcast all around mental health. Oh wow! And. So they were talking about things. And so they, then they were taking questions. And so I raised my hand and I mean, I, I sort of felt overdressed and I was wearing <laughs> pants and a pair of boots and, and a nice jacket and, you know, had my hair and my right. sauce on and all of that. together. Yeah. And so the, she asked a couple of questions and I raised my hand and she said, yes, the lady there in the blonde with the nice jacket in the hair. Yeah, yes, she ma called you out on your jacket. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, first she said sweatshirt and then a guy thought she she was talking to him. She's like, no, no, the lady with the lovely with the, hair. With the, yeah, you over there. <laughs> yeah. And I just said, I have this podcast that I created for telling women's stories. 
and I am doing interviews and all of a sudden I have more people accepting my interviews than I ever planned for. Mm-hmm. And that I'm getting some people that are sort of, I said, the rock stars in the yoga world. I said, I do a lot of yoga people cause I'm a yoga person. And I said, and I just, whether they're a rock star or whether they're just somebody that I am inspired by that I see on Instagram, I want to make sure that I do everybody's interview justice. And mm-hmm. I said, I work, you know, full time. I watch my granddaughter. I teach six to 10 yoga classes a week and I squeeze in these podcast interviews. And I said, and I do everything. I do all the post-production. I do all the social media creation. I said, I do it all. <laughs> and they're all looking at me going, looking at you like, Oh my Holy God. Shit. And I said, so, can you tell me? I said, I just, it's a lot. I sometimes Mm -hmm. feel like I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. The moderator says, well, you know, I would cut out social media maybe. And just, Mm -hmm. you know, and I said, that's like a knife in in my heart. (laughs) Well, you know, for me, that's where I find a lot of my guests. That's where I promote my podcast. It's where I put up my sound, you know, all of it goes through Mm -hmm. Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I mean, I cut way back on my blogging on my website. I don't do as Mm -hmm. much with my YouTube channel anymore because I was trying to do all of that too. so much. And that was before I even had very many people saying yes to my interviews. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, I I try to keep it in perspective. I try Mm -hmm. really hard to not be on my phone all of the time. It's Mm -hmm. sometimes easier said than done, but I mean, social media, whether you like it or vilify it or whatever it is, I Mm. believe it's going to continue to be a part of our lives. So we have to figure out the way to humanize it. Correct. And, and the way to, although I think the word authentic has been way overused, but to be able to bring that, true sense of who you are so that mm-hmm. we don't have all of these people out there going, well, so-and-so is taking this vacation and doing this and I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. stuck here and, you know, wherever it's a lot it of is. comparison. Yeah. And so that's why with the interviews and everything, it's just really about these people are opening up and sharing with you things that not everybody gets to know. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have anything to do with whether they've been on a vacation somewhere, whatever, that they all have had some sort of journey that they've had to move through the good and the bad to get to where they are today. This whole thing with social media, and I am so far outside the age demographic for most social media anyway, it cracks me up to look at some You're of this. You're killing <laughs> it though. You're killing it. I'm proud of you. It's just well, thank you. Social media is just such a double-edged sword. And it I is. think what it is, what it's become now is that people just have have to make the conscious effort to find that middle ground, right? Yes. It's like there are so many benefits from it that I will stand behind a hundred percent, but it will also drain you. It will oh, drain yeah. you. It will overtake yeah. your life. It will drain you. It can ruin relationships and friendships and all the you know these sorts of things. So you have to learn. It's that delicate balance of like keeping it in a positive way and then knowing when to step away from it when it's becoming too much. And I think that's where people start to have a hard time with it because there's a, there are a lot of negatives. It's a lot of comparison. It, you know, it knocks people's self-esteem. It's, you know, I don't have that. I want to be like her. I need to have, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and, that, and that, infiltrates, that, yeah, that infiltrates into so many other like issues, but I think on a normal average level, like people are using it for inspiration and for connection and, and that sort of thing, you know, and if that's what we can like focus on, then hopefully start to manage it in a way where the negatives aren't constantly like overbearing. Of course, I have a different perspective. I think some of it's due to my age and some of Mm -hmm. it's just, I think about it that I have met so many incredible people. I have Mm -hmm. met some of these people in person. I have long-term friendships that have come out of Mm -hmm. the people that I've met on Instagram. And so I have to look at it that way. And with Facebook, it's like I've been back into contact with people from Mm -hmm. years ago that I haven't seen in years. And so I use it as the tool and keep it in perspective. But there are days where it's like, oh shit, I got to put my phone down. I've spent way too many hours way just too much. scrolling. Well, think about think about it this. Jenna and I are friends because of Instagram. Right. She and I met literally through Instagram and then from there became friends. And that let, you know, that was what, three, four, 
five years ago? Oh dear, I can't even remember. Four or five years ago, something like that. Four years ago. I sit here today talking to you because of that friendship. You know what I mean? So it's there. Those are the positives I want to focus That's on. That's where I'm like, at. And, yeah. and I've met so many incredibly inspiring women on Instagram that I never would have met otherwise. Mm-hmm. And so I, I look at it from that perspective. So let's yeah. have a little conversation about limits. And I'm going to ask yeah. you this question. Okay. Where do, you, where do you go to push your limits? To push my limits? Yes. How? Physically, mentally, both? However, however you want to answer that is up to you. So my... A very strong limitation of myself is, or that I I guess I place on myself is I'm a very confident person, but I have a hard time putting myself out there, like fully, fully out there. And this path, this major shift and change in my life has kind of forced me to do that. I didn't really take it upon myself to make that happen, I sort of was like forced now because I went into hiding essentially. I was going to say um, you did that retreat. Yes. And that it, it, it's kind of weird for me because I'm very good in social situations. Like you can plot me down in the middle of a group at a party, at a, you know, an event, whatever. And I can talk to anyone. I don't have a problem doing that. But when it's really forcing myself to show who I am. I would say even before, like when I was married and when I was, you know, working in my shitty job and whatever, whatever, I was very good at putting on that fake face, right? Dress up, put on heels, put on makeup. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but in that context, it was. It was like my facade, right? I was like, okay, this is who Bentley is, you this know, is pretty my, happy, blah, blah, blah. Mask. But on the inside, I was a shitstorm. I was a mess. I was sad and I was confused and all these things. And now it's not even about the image, it's about me going out there and just being really who I am. And that's, that's a bit hard for me. That's, that's been a, a big limitation because now I don't have that facade to hide behind. But yeah. too, when you look at it that way, you are still, two years is not a long time Mm-mm. to do a, a complete upheaval of your life, right? It felt like a long time, but it, in the grand scheme of things, it's really it's, not, it's not at all. And so that for you to integrate all of that, you're still learning about mm-hmm. who you are. Yeah. And, and that's going to change for, as you continue to age, that's going to change over time. Totally. So mm-hmm. that'll be, but so, you know, from that perspective, it's like you went into that retreat mode yeah. for safety and protection. Yep. And now you're being called forward from your own self. I, I get that sense of your own heart is calling you forward to, mm-hmm. to, to come out. And because of, of what you're doing with your yoga, you, you know, you're yeah. front and center when you're teaching yoga. I was just about to say that. Yeah. My teachings now have really opened up those possibilities for me. I mean, like I mentioned, I was kind of dancing around here and there teaching at little you know, I started off kind of like any new teacher, apartment complexes and condos and classes in the park on the weekend or, you know, whatever it was. And even that I, again, I mentioned I was not in a good headspace. I just was like, I focused on the analytical part of it. I was like, okay, this is the sequence I'm going to teach. But I wasn't speaking from the heart. I wasn't, I didn't know how to make that connection because I was not making a connection with myself. I wasn't being true to myself at all. So it makes it makes trying to verbalize that connection to your students I- impossible Hard, because I, yeah. did, I didn't know how to do it. So how can I tell somebody else to do it when I have no idea what I'm talking about? <laughs> and I wanted to, of course, like any yoga teacher, wanted to get into a studio. I wanted to start right. to develop. Um, I wanted to be consistent. I wanted to have multiple classes a week. I wanted to start to make those connections with students. And I didn't, uh, you know, again, I was in hiding. I was like waiting for things to happen for me instead of going out and making them happen. So I wasn't really even looking. I kind of convinced myself I was, but I know in my heart, I was like, you're being a lazy little shit. Like go out there and and put yourself out there. But of course that's my limit where I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet because I'm a planner. So I'm like, okay, well, I can't, I can't teach my first public yoga class until I do A, B, C, and D. I can't do this until I've accomplished check, 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 check. That's how Mm. I operate. Well, as a teacher, you just have to dive in. Just Shut up and go for it because everything you plan is not going to work out that way anyways. So it doesn't matter. And I wish I had taken my own advice back then, but I didn't. But again, those teaching, teaching now, I'm, yeah, I'm in studio, a studio now, which I am very grateful for. And it has, I have felt in just a month, just under a month that the, I've been at the studio, massive shift in my teaching. 
just massive because I well this this is just this is just myself. one yeah. more layer of mm-hmm. you know the real Bentley coming forward to the yeah. surface to be totally. able to I'm an extrovert I like you you can stick me anywhere I can have a conversation I'm happy to tell my story if you want to know it even if you don't want to know yeah. it, I might tell you my story right but there are times when I literally have to go into retreat mode where I have to go home, shut the door. I don't answer my phone. I don't talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. That's a part of what I have to do to recharge my batteries because I go at 800 miles an hour all day, every single day. And Mm -hmm. teaching yoga is a very public facing space. My job that I do is a very public facing space. And so Mm -hmm. those are the kinds of things where you have to kind of look at it and go, you know, it's it's okay for me to take that time for me to then and go inward and sort sort of keep all of that together. And I find it interesting that you say you're a planner because I'm a fly mm-hmm. by the seat of my pants. Nope. <laughs> I'm getting better at it. I'm much better at it, but I'm still a, that's just, I think it's just built into my nature now and I can't, I can't make that go away. <laughs> I'm better. It's like, I, if I don't get everything done, I'm like, okay, that's not a big deal. Before I would be like, I didn't get everything done. I needed to do. And I'm stressing myself out to the max. And now I'm like, all right, it's okay. I got time. I'll figure it out. Like everything's going to work out the way it's it's going to regardless. So calm down. <laughs> I've calmed down a lot. <laughs> well, and, and the thing I always remind myself when I would get spun up about certain things is the world will not stop spinning. Mm-hmm. No puppies or kitties will be sacrificed because I didn't get everything done. That's the saddest you know? thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my but God. But that little, you know, those little things mm-hmm. is like that's what yeah. triggers me to go, Sherry, you gotta keep it in perspective. The don't yeah. go don't go crazy with that. Totally. So my sense is is where you go to to push your my teaching. Your limits is is in your teaching. That that pushes your your personal limits in terms mm-hmm. of of your outward facing person. Yeah. What about what do you do for your physical, where you push yourself physically? Is that yoga too? I'm assuming that's yoga too. So I um I can kind of give my quick how I got into yoga story because it sort of matches this topic. Um, I hated, hate working out. You wouldn't catch me dead in the gym. I hate it. Now, I don't make a lot of friends by saying this, but especially women, but I am naturally skinny. I have a high metabolism. I really looked like this. Not now. I hit 30 and everything went to shit and everybody was right. But anyways, um, (laughs) I never wait till, wait till you hit 50, honey. <laughs> oh god. But anyways, exercise to me was not a joy. I never found joy in it. I was very active mm. as a child. Right, I was I did it. everything, horseback riding, swimming, all these things, but I didn't I like as I grew up I never went to the gym, which was comical um as my ex-husband was a competitive bodybuilder. So he oh, lived in the gym oh. and I and I ran away from the gym. Mm. So, um at my old job, a, a coworker who became a really close friend of mine she who was also a competitive a marathon runner which is like dear god why why yeah that's my thought too or the people i see people who run i see people who run i'm like why why anyways um she was like bentley come with me um my mom and i go to this amazing health club i'm like okay fine i'll come with you whatever I'm like, you know, I'm going to hate this. So I walk in and this health club, which is at the foot of Camelback Mountain, there's a restaurant and a bar and a spa and a fire pit. I'm like, oh, this is my kind of health club. I was like, <laughs> okay, I can, where do I sign? <laughs> I, so can I, <laughs> I can do this. I was like, I'll, I'll suffer for a, a cardio class and then I'll go get my glass of wine after and I'll be fine. I end up joining this class and she's like, okay, we're going to go to this class called yoga kicks. And I'm like, first of all, I don't do yoga. And second of all, I don't kick anything. So I don't know what... <laughs> You are thinking bringing me to this class. So I'm in the back corner. We're like maybe six minutes into this class and I am huffing and puffing. Like I'm going to fall over and collapse right there. And I'm like, this is torture. So I don't work out. And this little blonde pipsqueak of a teacher is running around the front of the classroom and she's like, okay guys, warm up's over. I'm like, no, this is a fucking warm up. <laughs> so anyways, it was actually call 911, call 911 medevac me out of here. So 
it ended up being this really cool class that she created. And it was a strength building cardio infused sort of class that helped you build strength for things like handstands and arm balances and all these things that were in a yoga practice. Meanwhile, I've never stepped foot in a yoga class. So after a couple of weeks of this, and I'm getting better. And my same friend who I'm surprised I'm still friends with at that time. <laughs> I was like, Oh, my God. She's like, Do you want to come to yoga with me? I'm like, Oh, I don't want to go to yoga. I was like, really? Okay, fine. So I go and I remember being halfway through the class and I looked at her. I'm in down dog, which again, I had no idea what down dog was. And I look under my arm and I look over at her. I go, are you out of your damn mind? This is hard. This is so hard. And I hate you. I'm very dramatic if you haven't caught on to that, by the way. So I... I ended up going back, right? Because I went for the physical. I was like, okay, now I'm starting to feel good. I'm right. I'm like getting stronger and I'm not having to go to a weight room, which I'm fine with. I'm getting stronger and I'm like doing these, I'm like starting to kick them into handstands and doing headstands and, you know, all these things that I had no clue that my body could do. And I was probably, I started going like, now I'm hooked, right? This is how I got in. Like most people go to yoga either because they want to get strong or they want to get flexible, right? So I was probably six months into this, my yoga practice consistently. And I was in Shavasana and I burst into tears. Tears, yep. Full on sobbing, tears streaming down my face. I feel like I'm having an out of body experience. And I'm thinking to myself, I go, what the hell is happening to me right now? I had no control. I just was sobbing. And thankfully, I'm like trying to be quiet because the room's quiet. And I'm like, this is so embarrassing. Everybody could hear me. Oh my God. That was my big shift. That was like my transformative, like pivotal moment in my yoga practice. And all of a sudden, it wasn't just about getting flexible, getting strong, or, you know, I just, I had this whole new appreciation for it. I'm grateful for it because it has brought me so many incredible changes. It has given me the opportunity to deal with everything that I went through. And it's incredibly good for my body, you know, and I kept up with my outside, you know, cardio classes and stuff for a while. And it was great. Like I I really enjoyed it. But yoga was that perfect bridge for me for getting strong physically and mentally, honestly. So that's that that that's sort of my <laughs> my yoga story. Um, but to this day, like that's that's what I need. That's what my body craves, you know. And maybe through time, as I get a little older and I need to incorporate different types of workouts and things back into my into my schedule, I will. But this this is what makes me happy physically well, and mentally. You move that energy around in your body, and yeah. by doing that, your body started to let go. And and mm-hmm. I've had I've had students in class cry like that, mm-hmm. and get upset or be worried or whatever. Yep. And I just walk over and bring them a tissue, mm-hmm. and just touch them on the arm or whatever, and say it's okay. That this yeah. is this is can be. This I, is had all a, I had a teacher. Too. I had a teacher do that to me too. Again, again through my like really bad when when my marriage was just kind of going up in flames. Um, I was going to my mat because that was the only place that I could, it was becoming my escape, right? And that's also, that's like bad and good, whatever. I can talk about that. But that's that's the only place I could go. That was the only place I had some little bit of solitude in my life because for 60 minutes, I didn't have to think about the insanity. Your that, own shit. Yeah. yeah, I didn't yeah. have to think about it. The The progress that I made was learning how to deal with that shit. <laughs> but in that meantime, for about that year, it was just my escape. It was yoga became my escape. But it definitely, you know, I've had those moments where you just kind of you hit your you just can't control it, right? It just forces you to release like you don't know that you're doing it it's happening and you can't stop it and I would get down the minute we were done and I'm on the mat I'm like oh here they come waterworks like yeah just it was like a like a switch and I'm like I'm gonna go sit in the corner because <laughs> this is like becoming a regular thing now and people I'm gonna be the girl who cries in yoga all the time like this is not okay but, but it's actually that was my savior the best thing that could have happened to you. It was. Because yeah. not only were you physically releasing, but that physical release was then allowing the emotion to exactly. release from your body too. It's the people, that internalization, that stuffing down, that mm-hmm. if I just keep everything, yep. you know, tamped down and under control, it'll be all okay. And, nope. you know, eventually what happens is, is that dialogue gets, that inner dialogue gets louder and louder and louder. And then it, manifests into a physical illness. Yep. 
on some level. So it's, it's those things where I tell people, you know what, let it out. It's okay. Yeah. Cry it out if that's what you, you have need to. to do. And don't worry about it. And I teach a lot of hip and pelvis openers. Because <sighs> that to me is the junk drawer of the body. That's where that all the shit goes that nobody wants to deal with. Sex, job, mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. Where do I fit in? Who's my tribe? Image. All of that stuff, right? Everything, all of yeah. it. And then, then we sit in couches, cars, and chair seats and lock that space up even more mm -hmm. and make it so that it's just tight as a drum in there. And it's like, yep. you know, you got to start loosening up all that shit. And mm -hmm. I say, listen, while you're in pigeon pose today, we're going to take a deep exhale and let go of one thing from your junk drawer. I love that. Give yourself the permission to let go of it. Because if you let go of one thing that no mm -hmm. longer serves you, then you have room for something new and better to come in. I love that. That's true, boy, especially for women, man. That is, <sighs> It's always pigeon. I actually saw a meme once. I think Yogi Memes posted on on their Instagram page. It was like, the minute you go in a pigeon, like cue the waterworks. <laughs> That's gotta, exactly I'll send it. I'll You've send opened it to you up that it's junk so drawer. Funny. Yeah. There you go. That's okay, exactly so I'm going to ask you this. What mistake okay. would you make again? Oh, shit. <laughs> Uh, what mistake would I make again? Good Lord. How long is my list of mistakes? Well, the, here, so here's, here's yeah. what I want you to keep in mind. Yeah. That we are all a compilation of our mistakes. Correct. There they, are no mistakes. But we are, we don't have to be defined by them. And that's yeah. not only who we are. So, so yeah. And I agree. Like, I, I don't even mean it as mistakes. It's everything happens for a reason. I'm like, that's my mantra. That's my, like, everything in life happens for a damn reason. My, I don't even want to qualify it as a mistake, but definitely in the context of where I was in my life, obviously I was married and I fell in love with a woman. That's an affair. You know, that's, that's what it is. And that's very hard for me to say out loud. Um, but that's what happened. And an affair by its textbook definition, it's, it's wrong. It's not, you know, it's a mistake or what, whatever you want to call it. Right. But that choice, I don't even want to say it, it's a choice, that shift in my life, that path that I, that like kind of the door sort of creaked open a little bit and I saw this light pour in and I was like, I need to figure out what exists behind this door. And I went for it. I went for it. And I am so grateful and so happy for what it brought me, which you know, it it showed me that there was a whole side of me that I didn't even know existed. Definitely for the first time in my life, I, I feel free. And that path obviously has come with a lot of sadness and pain and guilt. And, um, and I don't, learned. I don't say, and lessons learned. Cause I don't say regret lessons learned. You know, I carry a lot of guilt for the people that I hurt because you're inevitably going to hurt someone in, in these kinds of situations. But that choice that I made just completely transformed not only my life now in, in like who I want to be with and in those sorts of things, but it's the way I live my life now. Now I'm comfortable being out there. Now I'm comfortable not even just being out there being comfortable in in my own skin and who I am yeah. and I am so ready to move forward with such a refreshed like reset on my life uh that it's been very it's been very overwhelming but very eye-opening and I some days I sit here and I go I can't imagine how I would feel or what I would be doing if, if I hadn't made that choice, and I know so many people that are unhappy in their lives, whether it's a job, a marriage, a relationship, a, a living situation, a friendship, whatever it is, th there has to be this pivotal moment, this change, this shift that happens for you to see the other side. Now you're going to make that choice and then you're going to go, oh God, what would have happened if I had stayed, right? Because it's a double-edged sword. You're, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. But that choice, my whole life has done a complete 180. And I am so much more free and I am significantly more comfortable and confident in the choices that I'm making. And that renewed energy is giving me the opportunity to get new jobs, to put myself there out there as a teacher, to find a new tribe, to make new friends, you know, all of these things that I was doing kind of before, but not really. I was just half-assing it because I didn't know who the hell I was. And now I do. And so that's a, if I had to go back and, and that came with a shit storm of, 
of thing, you know, of of consequences and and things that you know followed suit, and I would do them all over again, hundred percent. I gotta tell you, as someone who flailed in her life until she was forty eight years old, and then spent several other years after that still flailing on certain levels. Kudos to you for figuring it out at thirty. Thank you. Thank you. Because you know, I look back at that and I try not to say that I wasted time. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to. It's it's hard not to. Gives me fresh perspective in terms of, I mean, I, I just look at this whole thing that I've created. It's like, how would I ever think that, who am I mm-hmm. to create a podcast or to start this whole thing of wanting to celebrate women and doing, I mean, I, that would have, I would have not done that before. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I did it is because I spent so many years wallowing around, not mm-hmm. knowing who the fuck I was mm-hmm. and and not feeling that I had anybody that or any space to share who I was or my story or to yeah. share with other people what their stories were. And so that's sort of what pushed me in this direction. And yeah. Uh, like you, you know, I, I'm so happy that I stepped through that doorway, even though I woke up some mornings going, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. I had many of those. <laughs> many. I have so much, I don't know if awe is the right word, but just mm-hmm. so much compassion and excitement for somebody who can get there in a space that was so much, er- and I understand everybody's on their own path mm-hmm. and everybody's in a different place on their Correct. path. I wish I would have been able to find that space sooner for myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I have such respect for people who at a younger age really figured that out yeah. and um, hopefully will save themselves years of self-persecution. Right. And that's, that's the so thing. Fun. Like I was so 100% convinced. I was like, no, there is nobody else on this planet who is going through what I'm going through. Right. I was convinced. I go, there's nobody else who's married, who's secretly in love with a woman, you know, just all, whatever, all this story, these stories I was coming up with in my head, in my head. I'm like, no, there's no way. This doesn't exist. And it exists. It exists. Un- it's unbelievable. And I remember, I mean, not only like stories that I found online, people who I, you know, were, who had close relationships with, who knew what was going on in my life, who were, you know, finding these stories, um, like Glennon Doyle, right? I, I had a friend yeah. who who showed me Glennon Doyle's story and I about fell on the floor. And I was like, this is the most incredible thing I've ever read. It exists, right? And there are people who want to hear your story. And that's kind of this yes. new platform. This is my new platform that I have. And I'm like, there are people who will benefit what I've been through and now have the ability to put out there um, I remember the first Instagram post I wrote, and for the first time, I literally spelled out the word divorce. Now, people in my life knew that I was getting divorced or got divorced or whatever, but I had never taken these steps to put it out there. To you say, made a public like, pro- proclamation. I made it, exactly. And I probably within two hours, and I don't have a, a very large um, social media following. It's not like, you know, I have friends who have a hundred thousand, two hundred, you know, whatever these massive accounts and they're reaching very large audiences. I think only at the time I had like 4,000, 5,000. I had like six or seven women email or uh, DM me and they're like, thank you. I'm going through a divorce right now and I feel so alone and I feel so lost and I'm scared. I had two women that were like, I'm also, I also, you know, left my husband because I got divorced because I'm in love with a woman. And I just, I sat there one night and I just cried because I could not believe just in that one little post by me, it had impacted just a, a half a dozen women right there who said, thank you for sharing your story. And I look back and I go outside of like my personal things when it comes to yoga or people with these big accounts. And I go, I've been inspired or moved by them. And I'm like, thank you for sharing your story. And I would read these people's stories. And I'm like, I could never do that. I can't, I can't ever put myself out there like that. I'm like, wait a minute, but I benefited from their story. So who's to say that nobody's going to benefit from my story. And that was one little post, one tiny little post. And I was very blown away by that. And that's why, you know, sending this podcast out into the airwaves every week for me is about the same thing. And for the blog posts that I did of these interviews with women who are just everyday women, 
Mm-hmm. And they might not think, some of them were like, I don't, well, Jenna was one, you know, I don't really have a story. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And, yeah, everybody and, and does. It, it doesn't even have to be a big story. It can be something that you think is a very small nugget of whatever it is. And to someone else, that was the key that they needed to mm-hmm. make whatever change they needed or to not feel so alone or whatever yeah. it was. That's a part of what fuels me to mm-hmm. continue to do this is, is that not only that, every single woman to a woman that I have interviewed has some of the most incredible wisdom mm-hmm. just from getting up every day out of bed and going out and living their lives. Mm-hmm. As women, I don't feel that we're given the platforms to be able to do that, nor do we get the respect. And at this point in sure. time, I've decided to say, fuck it. I don't need anyone else's permission. Neither do any of these women that I want to share with the rest of the world. And we don't need someone's permission. We're going to build our own platform and people can show up or not. And that's okay with me. Round of applause for Sherry. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true though. You're giving that opportunity for those messages to be spread. And that's really, it's truly remarkable. And that is social media. (laughs) It is. Well, I mean, it's, it is. It's where it all came out of was social media. So who has challenged you to be better than you once were? Oh dear. Hmm. There are a lot of people, honestly. <laughs> honestly, me. <laughs> Good. Um, I like that. I like that. I am challenging myself again. I can't even express like just the last two months of my life have been completely different than what the last four years of my life have, have been like. So I know me now and I know me then. I I was doing a lot of my own like self like you know critiques and whatever I I was convincing myself you're not worthy you need you know Mm -hmm. you move at one point I was about to pack my shit up and and move back east because my life here was such a mess I was like I gotta get out of here I was convincing myself not to push forward I had kept telling myself look at the choices you've made you know this is this is what you've done. You need to pay, blah, blah. And that was, a, that was adding to my, yeah, adding to my really dark place that I was in. And I have I've mentioned, you know, to like my friends and close friends and family, like, no, I'm a, I thrive when I'm busy. I thrive when I am doing a lot or when I'm very active or, you know, have a lot of responsibilities, things that need to get done. And for, again, for that year where I basically was like, going to work a few hours here and there and hiding mostly (laughs) what it was. Now, doing what I'm doing now, which is working two part-time jobs. I'm in graduate school. I'm teaching. I'm still working at the Van Buren downtown. I've got my job with Aloe. I mean, I'm doing a lot, which is great. I know now this is what I need to be doing. I need to be busy. And I finally am in a place where I can do that. Um, So it's kind of interesting to see the, the difference between just how I've changed in the last two years. I'm really the one, I don't want to let myself down good. That's, because I, that's good. I had convinced myself so badly, so much that I just wasn't going to bounce back from this. Like this, I, I, at one point I needed to just wrap up and say goodbye. And that was the end. And yeah, that's true. I, that's where I, I was. That. Like, I, understand I had, that. I had no direction and I, I was doing nothing. I would say me outside of me. I have a very, very close friend who came into my life at a very pivotal time. <laughs> Literally the day, the day I chose to leave my home because I wanted to get a, a separation. I left my house and I go, I don't have anywhere to go. I didn't think this through very far. And she is one of my best friends. And it was funny because we weren't close at the time. We had hung out one time before that. Um, we were actually in our yoga teacher training together. And I sent her a text out of the blue and I go, I think I need a place to stay tonight. And she goes, here's my address come over. I don't care if it's two o'clock in the morning. She like knew, I don't care, whatever it is. I moved in with her that day and I've literally been with her ever since. And so she, she gave me that platform to rebuild my life. And even through the year where I was like, "Eh, I'm wandering around. I don't really know what I'm doing. Like she gave me the space to really find myself, which is, um, you got to have somebody like that in your life. Well, you have makes, to have makes a big difference. Yeah. Who's willing to hold space for you. Yeah. They know that they can't do the work for you, but they yeah. can hold space for you and mm-hmm. they can be supportive in that space. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the biggest thing is, you know, you, you made a comment and 
saying that you didn't want to let yourself down. Yeah. That is one of those things where you turned off the inner mean girl dialogue. Yeah. And, totally. and you realize that you have the capacity to show up for yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you do that and you don't let yourself down, then nothing can stop you. And I yeah. think that as you've stepped forward in this last couple of months and, and opportunities have moved forward for you, mm -hmm. that is you come more from that place of your heart and exactly who you are and being content with that, that you are now creating this external environment that supports you in that. Yeah. But it takes that, that inner wisdom, that inner sight to be able to realize I need to keep showing up even on the days when I mm -hmm. can't get out of bed and I can't decide whether I even want to put underwear on or mm -hmm. clean clothes or whatever it is that you make yourself do it. You make yourself show up, you show up for yourself and you don't, you don't make any promises to show up for anybody else, but for yourself. Yeah. And that is the piece that as you keep doing that, that the, the comment that you said about, I didn't want to let myself down. That is the, the biggest key right there. So that's tremendous. Uh, that's a great answer to that question. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So who do you go to with tough questions? Ooh, mm, it's going to be you now. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> I, when it comes to like tough, okay, so again, my friend who I, I live with, who is an absolute doll, uh, she's very, she's a very good listener. So she's usually my first person to go to when I need when I need advice for a number of reasons. She embodies a lot of qualities that I admire a lot. She's extraordinarily independent. She know, I mean, she takes care of herself. She has an incredible job, and she also got divorced a year before me. It was very like serendipitous almost where it was like my story was like exactly a year behind hers. So everything that I was going through, she had just done. When I was coming to her with, oh, I was a mess. I got to be in a space with someone who is very independent and bought her own home by herself, all on her own, bought a new car all on her own, you know, does actually owned two homes for a hot minute there. She didn't have the same space I that she gave me. She didn't have anyone to give her that space. There you go. So she managed to do all of that essentially overnight. Like went through but a you, traumatic divorce and yeah. created a life for her that she did on her own. Our lives, our, our wants are very different in life, but that drive was what I needed to see. It was something I needed to be witnessing to get me out of my dark space. Now, how the hell she did it? <laughs> I'll, I don't know because well, she's and, remarkable. <laughs> but so he, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, so no. here's, here's what I want to tell you about that is that when someone goes through something like that and they don't necessarily have the support that they need mm -hmm. and they have to figure it out on their own, when you showed up in her back on her radar in her mm -hmm. life with this, mm -hmm. what she was able to do was to give you the things that she needed that mm -hmm. nobody was there to give to her. Right. Exactly. So yeah. she took from her experience to be able to go, if this was me, this is, this was what I would have wanted. What I needed. And, that, yeah. and that's what she was able to do for you. Mm -hmm. So the, I think that that is a part of how we as women can give to each other. Yes. And it's, I think it's what spurs us to get creative and to do new things, create new ventures. I, I mean, that's a part of why I created my website and, and all of this was that I was seeking connection and community with other women. And I wasn't finding anything that was filling that mm -hmm. space of what I was looking for. And so I created it yeah. and then asked people to come and join me because I more, most of the women that I was speaking to were seeking some of the same things. Yeah. And the hard thing is, is that I think while I think technology serves a purpose and I think there are good things about it and there are also yes. on the flip side, the, the more negative things mm -hmm. is that it sped up our lives mm -hmm. and that we are so busy trying to keep all the balls in the air and do all of the things that we forget that 
ingrained in our DNA is that we are meant to be a part of the tribe, that we are meant to have connections with other people. Mm -hmm. That's what fuels our creativity. That's what fuels our personal growth, all of those things. And it's interesting to me that in the time of our life right now, where we have so many avenues to Mm -hmm. stay plugged in to other people, that there are so many incredibly lonely Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's actually a very, it's very sad to think about that, but it's true. It is. That is why I think sometimes it's hard for certain people to be able to keep social media in perspective Mm -hmm. because it it becomes their whole life because that is the only real connection that they may have in their day. It's the only outlet they have. And they think they're creating these real relationships, which of course can happen, but the majority of the time, they don't. So well, it, yeah. and the comment that Jenna made in her solo interview about we don't just have an influence over someone who is in our yoga class for the hour or whatever it is that we have them in class, that what we do and say while we're teaching goes with them off the mat and out into their life. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about it that way, that's a, that's a pretty heady thing to think about. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's a, yeah. you influence on somebody else's life. And, and that's a, that's a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. I look at all of the times that I kept teaching yoga through my personal problems through Mm -hmm. my health issues and all of that. And people would say, I can't believe you're still teaching yoga after, you know, blah, 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 and blah. And it's like, but that is what gave me the space to get out of my own head, out Uh of my own life and be able to focus on the group of people that show up for my class. Yeah. You have to show up, show up for them. And it's, I mean, it's never about the teacher anyways. What we're doing is just offering that space for them and you know, kind of giving them that little nudge, right? Maybe it's that little bit, you say something that just resonates with them and they can totally interpret it in a different way, but whatever, however, the transmission of information happens, it still occurs and they still have some sort of reaction from it. Yeah. Might not be what you intended, but you got, you you provided something for them that they are now able to take away and interpret it in their own, own manner. Um, and that's, I think that to me is really remarkable because I've been in classes where and cue the tears, like a teacher I, I feel had like plucked down inside my head, listened to my thoughts and was speaking directly to me. And I'm right. like, how the hell are you? Why are you talking about this right now? Because this is exactly how I feel. Then you go to other classes and the teacher's talking and, and it's beautiful, but you're just not having that. And that's you're fine. I practice, I practice six times a week, five times a week. Not, not now. I'm too busy, but before I was. So I'm still showing up. I'm still doing the work, but you don't have that same connection. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. So you know what I mean? It's kind of, you, you still have the opportunity to show up for yourself, which at the end of the day is all you have to do anyways. Everybody shows up on their mat for a different reason. Totally. And just like you said, as a teacher, you can say something, you can tell a story about yourself, you can tell a story, you know, whatever it is. And that can resonate very deeply with someone on a level that you that wasn't even where the story came from. Yeah, totally. It's one of those things where practice for me is that you show up, you get whatever you need in that moment. Mm -hmm. And even if it's you show up and you struggle through the class because your body isn't acting the way you want it to, or what you learn then about trying to let go of expectations. You learn then about trying to meet your body right where it is in that moment in time, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And like, I like to tell my students that I get just as much energy from them Mm -hmm. by by teaching the class as they get from me being the teacher of the class. Exactly. And so that to me is, is one of the most sacred things that I get to do is those people Mm. walk through that door and give me their trust to go on that journey in that particular moment in time. And I try to never take that for granted because that truly is, you know, the Mm -hmm. essence of they're walking through the door with their trust for me to be there, for me to hold that trust for them as they move through their physical practice. That's incredible to me. That's that's one of the, that that's part of the reason I keep teaching the biggest part is it's incredible. Just, it's one of the biggest things for me. Um, You're getting me all choked up. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. I got one more question for you. Okay. What does approaching a breakthrough look like? A breakdown. I feel like you have to break down before you reach a breakthrough. Okay. Yeah. It, maybe in my life. I don't know. Um, no, no. It's... I think you kind of have to collapse, right? You kind of got to fall apart. You got to see how you respond when things are constantly going against you, right? right. So for me, getting to a breakthrough, you know, you can, you put in the work, right? You put in the time, you put in the effort, you show up, you do all these things. And I think a breakthrough comes not when you're expecting it, right? You can plan and plan and plan and say, I'm going to accomplish this or I'm going to do this. And it never works out that way. And I've, I've, I've learned that so much in these past couple of years, but I think it takes an element of maybe not, you know, maybe a breakdown, but maybe it's just about like tearing away at what you are expecting to happen, tearing away. Yeah. Tearing away at what, you know, these, the, again, these expectations, this, this image of what this breakthrough. Yeah. Right. Everybody's got these, it's okay to have, I think it's, it's obviously okay to have goals and dreams and aspirations and all these things. But when you place deadlines and constraints and and all these restrictions and expectations on it, the breakthrough is not going to happen when you plan it. Right. So, so so says the planner. Right, says the planner. Says the girl with a mile-long to-do list. Don't call me out like that, Sherry. Damn it. Um, it's true, though. And it's true. I'm a, I am a planner in the sense that I like, to ha- I like to go into things with an idea of what I'm expected to do. I'm not a fly-by-the-pants kind of girl. Um, but I have spent a lot of time of not, you know, I had my image. I was married. I I wanted the big fancy house and the cars and the money and the lifestyle and all these things that I just assume that's what I wanted, right? So maybe that in my kind of past life was my breakthrough. Like, when am I going to get all these things? When he's done with school, when I'm, you know, when I get a bigger raise, you know, whatever, all these expectations. And I look at where I am now and I'm like, not that wanting those are bad. Again, I'm not like dictating what people should or should not want. It's, I look at it now and I'm like, I don't, I don't view those as my goals and my aspirations anymore. And I have eliminated my need for a five-year plan a 10 year plan, a 20 year plan. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I have done away with those. I don't care what they look like anymore because they don't matter. They don't matter. I want to open myself up to opportunities and I want to now my biggest, again, limitation, my biggest struggle is putting myself out there, convincing myself that I am worthy of all these things that are coming my way now, which has been challenging, but beneficial, but just accepting those for what they are, right? I still have my checklist of things. I want to get out of credit card debt. Great. Who doesn't? I want to, you know, finish graduate school. Awesome. But I'm not saying I have to have this accomplished by the time I'm 35. Or this is the life I want to be living by the time I'm 40 or whatever it is. And I think when you eliminate those images from your mind, you just open yourself up to so many more opportunities. And I think that's been a big, a big kind of shift for for where I want to go. Well, I I really looked at it as my life got much smaller, Mm -hmm. but my opportunities got much bigger. Yeah, you're so good at making everything so poetic. (laughs) you winnow down the things that are truly important to you and they get Mm -hmm. to be in a much smaller bucket. And Mm -hmm. that just means that you have opportunities that because you don't have all of those things. I mean, I had the cars and the vacations and, and all of that stuff going on. And, you know, we spent every dollar that we had and we were completely over our heads in credit Mm -hmm. card debt and Mm -hmm. no, you know, none of that savings. Yeah. None of that. And I lost all of my retirement when the crash happened and I lost my job and my marriage and my hat and all of everything. It all just disappears. And I live a, such a small, tiny existence in terms of where I'm at now, in terms of what's important, in terms of where I feel contentment, in terms mm-hmm. of where I feel happy. You know, if everything went away tomorrow and all I had was my daughter and my grandchild, I know I'd be okay. 
Yeah. And that, um, that actually happened to me. And I think that was the biggest driving force behind this entire perspective shift was when I um, got divorced, I lost everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't have to go into details, but I basically walked away with the clothes on my back, my phone and my laptop. And that was it. That was it. Everything else I had ever accumulated in my life, my clothes, my shoes, my purses, my kitchen dishes, my stand, you know, all these like things, 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 things. And I was very, very mad for a very long time going, I want my stuff. I want my stuff. I want my stuff. How can I live my life without my stuff? And then I was like, wait, it's been eight months now. And it turns out I'm still living and I don't I didn't need any of it to get through the day. I had to go buy some pants because you got to put pants on to go outside. But that's basically, <laughs> that's basically all it was. And I realized I didn't need it. And, and out when those things went out the window, out went those expectations, out went those I have to have and I have to accomplish and I have to do and all these things. And um, that was a huge, huge wake up call for me being able to realize my life went on and I can now do it in a way where I get to reset the way I want to. And I was going to say, and you get to make yeah. the choice. And, you know, yeah. I look at all of that stuff and every once in a while I still, you know, overspend and I still, whatever. I do too. But, but, a, but a lot of that in the past was about mm -hmm. trying to fill a hole. Mm -hmm. It was filling a void. For me, it was the, I, I don't need it to live. <laughs> I thought I had to have it and I don't nope. have to have it. And, and of course I still, I, I went out and bought all new things, right? I, I wanted to, but I was doing it with the right reason i was doing well, it with, and a with purpose more intention intent yeah with intention so that was a that was a really big a pivotal moment for me for sure and again i think that was the reason i can sit here and say i don't have to worry about or i'm choosing I should say i'm choosing not to worry about what my life is going to look like in five years because i'm going to figure it out you are you are yeah. That's that's so good because you know people would ask me, oh, you know, what's your one year plan? What's your five year plan? Uh, I just have to really kind of sometimes focus on, do I want to wear underwear today? Yeah, my goal right now is what am I going to eat for dinner? <laughs> okay, let's be real. Is today a day I get to spend with my granddaughter? Then that's Aww. a whole different story about then what's going to happen in my day. You know, that's so, she's yeah. so sweet. She's she's a pistol that one. <laughs> I think she's going to give us all a run for our money. Good luck. <laughs> well, thank you so much for making the time and I am so glad we got to do this so that everybody kind of now can as we go forward with our topic talks that they have a, a truer sense about who you are and where you're speaking from and, and why you have yeah. some of the thoughts that you do when we yeah. move forward with this. Cause I'm so excited about some of the topics we're going to start looking uh, at going forward. Cause boy, there's a lot of stuff out there to talk about. Uh -huh. I'm so excited. <laughs> there are, the, the list keeps growing. The list is getting bigger than we can get through the conversations. I know. And, and I'm thinking like, well, do we need to start doing this more often than once a I month? Know, right? do, do we need to, do, what do we, what do I just going to plug, plug you in as I like walk around town. I mean, this is basically <laughs> what it's going to come to. Cause we got a lot of shit to talk about. <laughs> I just scratched the surface on the last three years of my life. We got a lot more to cover. <laughs> All right. Well, our, our, our next episode is coming out um, of the topic talk and we'll be working on the consecutive episodes coming up after that. So tune in for all of those and you will be hearing more from Bentley. So <laughs> tap into that as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love you. Love you.